0: Right, you can turn just to the book of Proverbs we're going to be jumping around the message is entitled beware of the simple the fool and the scorner the Proverbs present the young person who fears the Lord as being wise as they embrace and they live out the teaching of God's word and continue to grow in knowledge and wisdom it's an ongoing process of the day we give up our last breath. The uh, contrast is a young person who is a fool, living for sin and self, rejecting and abhorring instructions and warning from the Word of God and God Himself. This does not exclude older believers, by the way, for all are to learn and grow in the knowledge and wisdom of God, paying heed to the warnings in the book of Proverbs. But it's directed to the young person, as we've seen, being prepared for the throne. And so the book of Proverbs personifies wisdom as a woman, which is actually God speaking, but personifies a woman, pleading with the ungodly young man that is living a sinful life, as well as the godly young man being prepared to live life pleasing God, to serve in the royal court. Solomon, as you know, is speaking directly to his son. The phrase, my son, appears 23 times in the book of Proverbs, 15 in the first seven chapters, eight in the remaining of the book. So we want to look at three key figures that are identified as the ungodly in the book of Proverbs, in contrast to to the wise, godly person. That's the context. We want to look at the simple, the fool, and the scorner. We'll take one at a time. The simple person in the book of Proverbs is interesting. The word simple means open-minded or to be naive. But the word in Proverbs is used for a sinner easily led, gullible, silly immature but not innocent it appears 14 times in the book of Proverbs the simple person is living by his own sin nature trying to find meaning and fulfillment by material things success and pleasure but they are temporal and fail to give the true meaning of life or satisfaction being void of God lacking God's instruction and wisdom The simple person mentally is naive and believes everything except the word of God. That's why I say he's not innocent. He's a sinner. By creation and conscience and history, we know there's a God. General revelation. All mankind. And so the simple person morally has a willful bent to be irresponsible, to choose foolishness and to... Court and walk into temptation. Foolishness. All the things that deal with the world. So the simple person in Proverbs is granted by God as you read through it. The benefit of correcting his sinful ways by turning to him. But he is constantly pressed and presented as preferring to reject God and his word not accepting discipline in the school of wisdom, leaving him hopeless. The problem of the simple person is not mental, but spiritual, his heart. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked. God only knows the full depravity. And so let's look at some passages in the book of Proverbs regarding the simple person there are 14 that deal with this word. The first appearance is in Proverbs 1, 4, in the introduction of the purpose of Proverbs, and it says to give prudence to the simple. The word prudence, as we've said, is means positive shrewdness, subtlety and craftiness in a positive way for godliness, to be wise. The same word is used of the serpent in Genesis 3, 1 in a negative way to bring in corruption and sin. And so the purpose of the book of Proverbs is to grant and permit the simple person to have a capacity, an ability to escape the evil wiles of sin nature. Satan in the world by the wisdom of God. To live as a godly person with character. Now, in chapter 1, verse 22, is the second appearance of the simple person is as wisdom cries out in the street, the important locations of the gate of the city for the simple to come and to learn from her, revealing his rejection of her. In 122, it says, How long, you simple one, will you love simplicity? The simple person desires and speaks out foolishness. He not only speaks, but he seeks it. Foolish things. He delights and lives for it. It is like a magnet to him without God's wisdom. The fourth appearances in chapter one, verse thirty-two. The simple person here reveals to us the result of the simple for rejecting wisdom. He says, For the turning away of the simple will slay them. This is um a willful and knowing turning away from the benefit of wisdom. The phrase turning means backsliding, disloyalty, and fatherlessness. It's Solomon who's instructing his father's the first schoolroom, the home. We've pointed that out. This is the process and the end result of the simple. It will slay them, destroy or ruin, it means blot out and cause to perish. The fifth appearance is in chapter 7, verse 7, the first portion. The simple is here portrayed as a harlot or prostitute is hunting for victims from her window, revealing his carnality, his carnal life. It says there, and saw among the simple Solomon warns his son about the simple person there in that context. I perceive among the youth a young man devoid of understanding, verse 7 of chapter 7 there. The word understanding means the seed of intellect, the emotions, the will. It is devoid, that person, lacking and in a need of moral character. Of the 593 times it appears in the Old Testament, 509 are translated heart, who you really are. Very important. The passionate pursuit of his sexual craving is described vividly in verse 8 and 9. Passing along the street near her corner and he took the path of her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. The night is accomplished for all evil. It's a backdrop, darkness, to carry out the inclination, the determination and resolution of the will. That's why he goes by night. Stealth, if you will. Heart problem. The sixth appearance of the simple person is as wisdom is pleading with him, revealing his indifference in chapter 8, verse 5. It says, Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence. The word prudence means positive shrewdness, subtlety as we've seen, craftiness in a positive, good way for godliness and wisdom, as we saw in verse 4 of chapter 1. The seventh appearance is in chapter 9, verse 4. Is as wisdom makes her final invitation here and called to partake in her feast at her banquet table to become wise, revealing his constant dismissal of God's wisdom. 9.4 says, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. The first nine chapters, the personification of wisdom. This is the final invitation. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that he turn and live, Ezekiel thirty-three eleven says. Very clear. In Proverbs 9, 6, the eighth appearance of the simple person is an imperative command, again revealing the heart of God for sinners. Listen carefully. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. The word forsake means to depart from and leave behind. The imperative command implies the ability granted to obey. God never commands without giving the ability to do so. The ability will come through repenting and turning to God. God is not hiding this from the simple one, the simple one's rejecting it. The ninth appearance. Of the simple person reveals his lack of discernment to distinguish good and evil. In 1415, the first portion, the simple believes every word. The word believe simply means to support, uphold, to confirm, to be faithful to the wisdom of the world. Think of people who believe in evolution without any evidence about it. In fact, a contradiction of the evidence. And we can go down and point many things out. He lives for his fleshly desires and pleasures without consideration of the hurt or destruction of others. He does not take into account his destructive path. It's a path of ruin that he's on. The 10th appearance you find in 1418, the simple person reveals here the worthless sum total of his life. Listen carefully. The simple inherits folly. The word folly means foolishness, found 23 times in the book. Things of no value to a person for pleasing God. We, you remember going to the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon vanity, vanity, vexation of spirit. Nothing new under the sun. the 11th appearance you find in Proverbs 19, 25, it reveals that he does does learn from others' corrections at times, you must qualify it. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will become wary. So the word wary means to be crafty or to become shrewd. So even a fool sometimes takes caution. (laughs) Does good to himself. The 11th appearance is in 21, 11. The simple here reveals he can be wise at times from the consequence of others also. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But this is not the rule. Again, it's the exception. The 12th or the 13th appearance of the simple reveals he has no discretion. Find this in Proverbs 22.3. It says, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The phrase pass on simply means to pass over beyond or through ignoring the warning and the destruction. That is very evident. The simple person is not sensible. He abandons all common sense, living for the moment, the here and now. As we go through these Proverbs, every one of us are very clear in this because we all were in the world. We understand the deception, the folly, the destructiveness of our sin nature, which is, by the way, still present, so we have to take caution to all these things too. The simple person does not learn from his mistakes or punishment, and his condition will only get worse with time, not better. The 14th and final one you find in Proverbs 27, 12, the simple person here is repeated as the 13th one. Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven, twelve. So it's the same repetition as the ter- 13th. Um, the simple person is best illustrated by our own lives before Christ. Blind, deaf to the things of God. We might have been moral to an extent, even ethical, even educated, even religious, but dead in trespasses and sins, because we had not repented through the person of Jesus Christ to transform our hearts. The simple person is a sinner in need of repentance to be saved. Ephesians um, two one and two says, "We are dead in trespasses and sin. We walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Children are wrath by nature." That's a hard. Statement to embrace by the non-believer, by the religious person, by the good moral person. And so they charge God with injustice. Hmm. The simple person can be a carnal Christian, refusing to grow and mature spiritually. Paul deals with that in 1 Corinthians 3.1. He said, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. The book of Hebrews deals with those that are not mature. They need milk. Those that are mature can handle meat and all. So we should be growing and maturing in our lives with time. The simple person or sinner does not get better again with time, but goes deeper into sin. His depravity is progressive. It's always forward, but always downward, never upwards. Listen to Romans uh, 1, 22 through 28. Just paraphrase here to the point that God gives people up in three cycles downward. Uncleanness, vile affections, reprobate minds. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools as they worshiped the creature more than the creator, which is blessed forevermore, defiling and corrupting and perverting the natural use of the woman by the man going women for women, men for men, homosexuality, lesbianism, and all the transsexualism that's being perverted today as normal. It's a giving up. It's God's judgment. The simple person, a sinner, cannot stop sinning, but needs to repent and ask forgiveness of all their sins. Jesus told Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God in John 3.3. This is the necessary step to take from the sinner towards God. Repentance. So the simple person is lost. Absolutely lost. We'll see that The fool as well as the scorner is, but the focus here is that he's lost. He's presented as a sinner. Secondly comes the fool in the book of Proverbs. The word fool means incorrigible, unwilling to know God and his wisdom. The fool also lives for foolishness and foolish things of no value, not in accord with God. Heaven and godliness. It appears 18 times in the book of Proverbs. This is the one that we're gonna focus on. There are two others that I'm gonna just share with you briefly, but we're gonna look at this one. Uh, One who mocks when a person feels guilty. He is quarrelsome, he is licentious. The other two words that are found for fool, just briefly, I'll mention the first word, it indicates one who is dull and obstinate, stupid literally. It appears 48 times. We don't have time to get through that one. The other word, the second one, means to be senseless or foolish appearing only one time in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 30, verse 32. There are um, derivatives of that in Proverbs 17, 7, and 21, and 30, 22 um, of that second word. So let's look at some of the passages now that we know what a fool is. In Proverbs, first, we go back to chapter 1, verse 7. The first appearance of the fool reveals he abhors God. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word despise means the in contempt as insignificant. The context regards the two things God offers in verse 2. Fools abhor God's wisdom and instruction. They think they have no need of God. The second we find in chapter 7, verse 22. The fool reveals his bondage to sexual immorality here again. And this, in Proverbs deals with the very 6, 7, 8, and 9 heavily about sexual immorality. We'll get to that. Here, Proverbs seven twenty two. immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. He is a slave seeking his passion, seeking the process, unable to resist her strong temptations to his own destruction like an ox to the slaughter. How vivid a picture is that? He's a fool ignoring self-judgment and the consequences to his character being exposed, like the correction to the stocks, you're exposed to the public. The third appearance is in chapter 10, verse eight. It's revealed his rebellious heart. The wise in heart will receive commands but here's a contrast: A prating fool will fall. The word "heart" again refers to the inner man, the intellect, the emotion, the wills, who we really are. Who he really is in character and ungodly heart. Therefore, listen, he will always choose to fall. He has no ability to resist. The fourth appearance comes in chapter 10 verse 14. The fool reveals his un teachableness. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Knowledge means perception with progressive discernment by understanding. He doesn't retain these. He doesn't retain the knowledge of the past to learn progressively and get better. These do not come by mental education and natural education, but by the word and the wisdom of God. Everything that we read in Proverbs is directed to God's wisdom, God's instruction, God's knowledge, not human education. The fifth appearance we find in 1021 It reveals the fool cares for no one but self but does not do a very good job. The lips of the righteous feed many but fools die for lack of wisdom. The word for feed there means to tend or um, bring benefit to others figuratively like a shepherd. Um, uh, This is the righteous. But the fool dies it says it means prematurely by neglect of moral conduct to himself, not having God's wisdom. As we look around in our world, we see the reality of the things that we're studying this morning. As we think back to many of our friends and even ourselves, very evident. In chapter eleven twenty nine, 29, you find the sixth appearance of the fool. It reveals his life of bad decisions. And the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. He will have financial difficulties. He ends in poverty depending on others. The seventh in chapter 12, 15. The fool reveals he is a law to himself. Listen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The word way means path, direction, or course of life, void of moral character, of course. The self-assessment through the fool's own eyes is deception and refers to his mental perception, evaluating that it is right, straight, upright, correct. You talk to people that are living with each other, you say, you know, that's wrong. No, it isn't. It's the new morality. It's the new straightness. Well, you may call it new, but it's neither straight nor new. It's the old immorality. No different. The eighth appearance is in chapter 12, verse 16. The beginning of it. The fool reveals his lack of emotional control. A fool's wrath is known at once. The word wrath means anger, provocation, or vexation. He is easily set off by any disagreement without hesitation, regardless of who is present. He's a hothead. Hmm. The ninth appearance in 14.3 of the fool reveals his vainness. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride. The fool is always talking loud with no regards for others. He loves to hear himself. It's like the person says, you know, I'm tired of talking about me. What do you think about me? Interesting. The fool is self inflated, thinking more highly of himself than he ought we see this as a characteristic of the world all around us today everybody is so arrogant they are trusting in themselves they have such confidence in themselves this is the whole humanistic teaching to have you to look to yourself and not God because of course God doesn't exist they say And so they come up with all these nifty little things and little innuendos and little sayings. You know, I don't want no bad energy. God, we're on negative energy. Give me positive energy and, you know. All right. Foolishness. The fool considers his mouth an asset to him. It's a liability. Mouth. James has much to say about that. He mentions the tongue, every chapter of James, and he focuses in chapter 3 entirely on the tongue. The 10th appearance is in 14.9. The fool reveals his irreverence. Fools mock at sin. The fool talks arrogantly about sin as if it is nothing and insignificant. In fact, he jokes about it. He celebrates it. The fool explains the way the conviction of a person of sin, guilt, or consequence of ungodly life. To deceive and corrupt and bring them to their side. Misery loves company. The 11th appearance is in 15.5. Reveals the fool's dishonor of his father's teaching about godliness. It says a fool despises his father's instruction. The word despise means to spurn or disregard with contempt. The godly counsel of his father. That's the first classroom. As you and I were raised at home, our parents instructed us, taught us, corrected us. They might not have been Christians, but that's the first classroom. And there was a time when you were to respect your elders, particularly your parents. That is not the case anymore. The word instruction means training of the moral nature with the idea of sternness from warning to chastising, found 26 times in Proverbs. So we as parents, we chasten our children. We don't punish them. You punish prisoners, criminals. You chasten your children. You teach them through discipline. You restrict them. You take away the car keys. They can't go out or whatever it may be. The word is often joined with the words correction and reproof, teaching by Discipline. That's always the best way. But not every child is an easy nut to crack. They're all different. The twelve appearance of the fool reveals he is spiritually dead. Proverbs 16:22. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of a fool. Is folly. The fool considers the instruction. Training of the moral nature. Warning and chastising as folly. Foolishness. People look to you, they say, why do you go to church so often? So many times. Why do you go on Sunday morning? Then you go back on Sunday night. And to top of it off, you go in the middle of the week. Then you're telling me you go into a men's study or a women's study. What is your problem? Blind, dead, trespasses, and sins. We used to be there. They don't understand the benefit. It's foolishness. The word folly, again, is foolishness 23 times in the book of Proverbs. The 13th appearance of the fool reveals he can appear to be wise, rarely or at times. 1728, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. The phrase holds his peace simply means to be silent, quiet. The second part interprets this clearly when he shuts his lips. The result being he is considered perceptive, discerning, intelligent, discreet. But he really isn't. (laughs) It just looks like it this time. Wow. The 14th appears, you find in chapter 20, verse 3. The fool reveals he is contentious. It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. He cannot disagree respectfully with anyone or another person. The word striving means controversy or dispute. We all know people like that. In fact, we might have been that type of person. The word quarrel means to expose oneself and break out in contention, meddling, no self-control. Men attempt to handle problems in life much in this way, being boisterous and threatening, to try to intimidate and the problem go away. It doesn't go away, it only gets worse. But this is sin nature's way. 15th appearance of the fool reveals his known ignorance in Proverbs 24:7. listen to what he says wisdom is too lofty for a fool he does not open his mouth in the gate now the wisdom of God is too lofty means too exalted the fool does not possess it it's out of his reach the evidence is when he is around godly, wise people in the gate, the place of judgment and business of that day, he keeps quiet, lest he be exposed of his ignorance and shame. <laughs> hmm. The 16th appearance is in 27.3. The Fool reveals here the burden and heartache he brings to others. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. The imagery is striking. A heavy stone and a large weight of sand can be carried for a time, but are nothing compared to the fool's wrath. It's unbearable. The heavy weight of a fool's wrath lays on people a crushing weight and destructive. 17th appearance of the fool is in Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-two. Reveals there is no hope for him. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with uh, crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. Again, he's using metaphors of that day, agricultural things. The agricultural imagery is vivid that of mixing a fool with grain in the same pit, pounding him with a pestle to mix it all together, yet his character of foolishness would remain in him. There's no remedy. Wow. Wow the 18th appearance of the fool reveals it does not pay to argue with a fool. In Proverbs 29.9, it says, if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. If he rages, the result is no peace. If he laughs, the result is no peace. He is all wise in his own eyes, rejecting God's knowledge and wisdom, having no fear of God, as chapter 1, verse 7 says. That's the goal. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You remember, Saul illustrates this person vividly. In fact, he says it I have played the fool. He kept grieving God, disobeying, till Samuel said, God's chosen another. Wow. The believer is not to be a fool regarding the gospel. In the uh, epistle to the Ephesians in chapter 5, 15 through 18, says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Very precise, exact. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will make you alert, wise. The world's intoxication deceives you, blinds you. Redeeming the time because time is the one thing you can't regain. Regain. You crash your car, you can get a new car. Your house burns down. Through a long process of insurance, you'll build the house. But today, this morning, this hour, when it's done, you and I will never get it back. It's gone. Redeeming the time, for the day is evil. Oh, how evil our day is, that we would take time to be praying and ask God, Lord, open those doors to reach people, my friends, family members, whatever it is. Open the door to the proclamation of the gospel, because that's the only hope for mankind. Today's world is very deceptive, even contrary to objective truths or even science, as we've seen the last three years. Today's worldly wisdom is tomorrow's stupidity. You want to clean up the air. Oh, we cut too many trees. Let's go from paper bags to plastic bags and plastic bottles. And then they turn around and lay the trip on us 20, 25 years later. They're the culprits. They're the fools. Amazing. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians. He says, chapter 2, verse 10 on down, he says, Where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. To save those who believe. For Jews request a sign. And the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jew a stumbling block. To the Greek a foolishness. But to those who are called. Both Jew and Greeks. Christ the power of God. And the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. If they by wisdom could have said on the cross there. Up in the mountain they Oh he's God don't touch him. They wouldn't have crucified him. But in their wisdom, they crucified him because he was saying he was God. <laughs> wow. The biggest fool is the one who denies the existence of God. Psalm 141 says, with this very word that we're studying, the fool has said, literally, no God. Wow. All the evidence God has given to us of our conscience, our incredible created body, how it functions, the efficiency of it, the ability to think, to engineer, to figure out things, all evidence of God's design. There's no such thing as evolution. All mutations in evolution are inferior. You lose information. No one ever gains information. You only lose it. You have a pedigree as a top dog. It's pure. It's the highest form. You breed it with another one. It's inferior. It loses information. If you breed it again with a lower one, it loses information. The test can be done simply with fruit flies. Some of you did that in college, like I did. Many generations, real quick. Every mutation is inferior. Not one fruit fly ever was, was born with super wings. It's all inferior. So if we've evolved, we're going the wrong direction. Wow. The fool is wise in his own eyes. Thirdly, the scorner, sometimes translated scoffer. In the book of Proverbs here, the word um, scorner means to talk arrogantly. The word in the book of Proverbs is used for one who boasts, mocks, and derides, and it's found 14 times in the book of Proverbs. The scorner is the epitome of pride. He holds nothing sacred. He's profane. The scorner has an answer or smart remark for everything. The scorner is witty in his ears and eyes of those just like him. The scorner is wise. In his own eyes, also. Some of the passages regarding the scorner are as follows. In chapter 1, verse 22, the first appearance of the scorner reveals his pride among people. For scorners delight in their scorning. They're proud of it. The word delight means to desire and to take pleasure in it. The scorner takes pleasure in his scorning, meaning his bragging. The scorner considers himself as a master of his words. His tongue is vicious, sharp, very calculated. The second appearance is in 334. The scorner reveals God has the last word. Surely he scorns the scornful. The personal pronoun he is capitalized indicate that it refers to God. The fact that God scorns the scornful refers to humbling and dealing with the scorner with absolute truth and justice. He has the last word. Like I've told you often, everybody has a big mouth here on earth. No one has a big mouth in hell right now. Not one. Nor will anybody have a big mouth in heaven. Wow. third appearance of the scorner reveals what happens when a person tries to correct the scorner. Chapter 9, verse 7. The scorner or scoffer here is proud and arrogant. Um, He says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. Proud, arrogant, receives no correction, like water off a duck's back. It rolls right off of him. Don't even take notice of it. The one trying to correct the scoffer is not respected or honored by the words of the scoffer. But notice, shamed, disgraced, dishonored from the scoffer. The fourth appearance is in 9-8. The scoffer reveals sound counsel for the godly. Do not correct the scoffer lest he hate you. There comes a time when it's best to not confront the arrogant babbler anymore. It's casting pearls to the swine, as Jesus said. There comes a point in time when people are so blasphemous or they straight out tell you, I don't want to hear anymore. Please respect them and be sensitive when you're not to do that anymore and back off. Continue to pray for them, but it's casting pearls to the swine. To do so is simply result of in his hateful disposition and attitude towards the godly person. The fifth appearance of the scoffer reveals his dishonor to parents. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. The scoffer knows everything and accepts no correction at all. The scoffer exalts his ignorance as wisdom. Now you can see that a few of these um, proverbs that are given to us here, and they're not really proverbs, they're contrast, parallel contrast, um, that they overlap or they may repeat in the way some of them. Now the sixth appearance of the scoffer here, or the scorner, reveals um, the scorner's wrong search for wisdom in 14.6. A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. The wisdom the scoffer searches out for is not God's wisdom, for it would reveal his sin of being a scoffer. The wisdom the scoffer searches is worldly wisdom that complements him, but is it's temporary, transient ever-changing with culture and time, adding more problems to life than solutions. Look to our world today with this confusion of, uh, of the sexes and pronouns and everything else. What has it done to our society? It has confused and destroyed civility and common sense. The seventh appearance of the scorner reveals He is very satisfied in his evil condition. The scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise, Proverbs 15, 12. The scorner loves himself more than anyone else, especially the one that corrects him. He rejects him, he hates him. The scorner will avoid wise people, be it father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife, son, daughter, friends, whoever. There's a no room for it. The eighth appearance of the scorner reveals that at times strong measures taken against the scoffer benefit others. 1925 says strike a scoffer and the simple will become wary. The word strike means to beat, scourge, chastise, or even lay, slay according to the law. Not personal choice if they broke the law. This action at times causes the simple to become wary, it says here, to beware, to be prudent, due to the consequences to the scorner. But once again, it's it's not the rule. It's not his character. The ninth appearance is in 1929. of The scorner here reveals his life will catch up with him. Judgments are prepared for scoffers the word judgment simply means the act of bringing forth judgment. Sooner or later, the line is drawn by people, the law, and certainly God. The tenth appearance of this corner reveals his lack of wisdom of drinking alcohol. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it, is not wise. The word mocker is the same word in Hebrew for scorner or scoffer. Wine is personified as a bad influence upon a person to be arrogant, not careful with their words, and lowering one's morals. We all understand that. We know that. They talk about all the different things that go on. They want to make illegal and unlawful. And yet, the destruction that comes through alcohol in our nation, the cost to our economy, to employment, the medical, everything is atrocious. These words are deeds and they come forth from the individual that's drunk can be very offensive, dishonoring, destructive, and certainly vulgar. We all have been there or been around people like that. It's horrible. The effect of alcohol gives a person a false and deceptive sense of courage and ability. Today, many Christians in the emergent church movement and progressive Christians are redefining what a Christian is in the Christian churches Taking great liberties in drinking alcohol, but it's not according to scripture. The pastors have their beer bashes with their elders. Really? Wow. Nothing good happens after midnight, and nothing good happens with alcohol. Simple. Hmm. Be not drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God continually. Be in control. Sound mind. The bad and destructive effects on the individual, on marriage, on family, friends, it won't take long for it to be evident. The 11th appearance of the scorner reveals that times Strong measures again taken against the scoffer benefit others once again here. 21.11, when the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. Much like Proverbs 19.25, the word perish there means to find or to be judged for his words or actions bringing justice. The simple at times takes heed in effect becoming wise again for that time, but it's not his nature, it's not the rule. In 21-24, you have the 12th appearance of the scorner reveals his character. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. The word proud means arrogant, insolent man. The word haughty means how he conducts himself arrogantly. The word scoffer identifies his person at heart, who he really is. Self-inflated. The 13th is in 2210. The scoffer reveals the scoffer is the source of turmoil. Cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. The phrase cast out means to drive away, expel that scoffer. The result is contention, meaning discord. It will leave. The result is strife, which means dispute and reproach. It means disgrace and dishonor. Both of those will cease too. When you get rid of that scoffer, then these problems go away. But how often people are just stuck in relationships like that or in homes like that. Due to the breakdown of our society. The 14th appearance of the scoffer reveals how God views the scoffer. This is important, listen. And the scoffer is an abomination to men. Abomination means disgusting thing, odious, it stinks. The scoffer is an ethical and moral sense, wickedness to others an arrogant, boastful braggart that mocks God and all God reveals in the Bible. David said, Set a guard, O Lord Yahweh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Wow. The beast behind the ivory cage. Christians still have a sin nature and must guard their mouth. James puts it this way, James 1, 19 through 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so we have to be spirit-controlled. We have to check ourselves. We have to obey God. We have to ask God to give us the discipline of learning from their mistakes, and to make proper application and correction. The scorner and a Christian have difficulty to control the tongue. Again, the beast behind the ivory cage. James again helps us, chapter three, verse five through seven says that we control horses with this little steel bit. We turn these great massive ships with a little rudder. And then he says, even so the tongue is a little member and both great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. We can name all kinds of sins, fornication, adultery, and all kinds of different things, and we talk about the destruction. Probably more people have been destroyed by the tongue in the church than any other sin. Gossip. Murmuring. Complaining, looking down on others, the mouth, the scorner is reckless with his mouth. And so, these three key figures are identified as the ungodly in the book of Proverbs in contrast to the wise and godly person. This is what God is trying to do as we go through it, teaching that young person, those of you that are young, you're single, you're not married yet. You don't become godly all of a sudden when you say, I do at the altar. If you're not godly before, you're not going to be godly afterwards. Because marriage will really turn up the heat. (laughs) Marriage will show you what you're made of, and it ain't purdy. But if we submit ourselves to the word of God, then we become wise. And don't, we're not like the simple or the fool or the scorner. And when we do blow it, we ask forgiveness. We tell our wife or our husband, honey, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And You give her a kiss and you hug and pray and it's done. The ledger's gone. But you acknowledge it, you correct it. You say, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Wow. We are so fortunate being Christians. We have such abilities that we couldn't have never dreamed of being in the world. Such benefits. But it's all because of God's wisdom. And so the simple person is lost. The fool is wise in his own eyes. The scorner is reckless with his mouth. I don't want to be like that I have the capacity I have the potential but I don't, I don't want to be there and so I need God's word I need the direction that's hand on my life father thank you for your grace your love and goodness we love you we thank you for this morning we pray Lord you would give us wisdom as we move through Proverbs and Lord that um, you would allow us to just submit ourselves to you in every way Lord, we pray for those that perhaps do not know you that are here or over the internet. We pray you minister to them their need of you and repentance from their sin, that you might just bless them, you might forgive them, and give them the ability to live an abundant life through your words words and your wisdom, Lord. As you're praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has brought you here to be saved, to repent of your sins, or maybe you're over the internet. A simple prayer of repentance is what God Always requires, Jesus always said, if you confess me for a man, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me, I'll deny you. And so he always asks for people to confess him. If you want to accept Jesus Christ and be forgiven for all your sins, this is a very simple prayer of repentance. You're asking Jesus to forgive you, not us. And he says he's going to give you a new heart, make you his child by the grace of God. This is your prayer to him. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Give me a brand new heart. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.